Turkey qualified for their first Olympic Games ever, Canada qualified for the team final and for their first Olympic Games since 2008, heartbreak for France as they failed to qualify a team for their home Olympic Games, and everything else you need to know about who qualified to the Olympics. This is one you are definitely going to watch to the end because we're not only telling you what happened during qualifying, but also in the individual finals. I'm Kinsley and I'm the host of Neutral Deductions, a podcast all about men's gymnastics. If you missed what happened on night one of qualifications, that will be linked here on the screen and down below. But let's get into the results. Okay, so qualifying for the Olympics. This was the final time a team could qualify a full five individuals to the Olympic Games. So we did have three teams qualify out of the 2022 World Championships in Liverpool, and that was China, Great Britain, and Japan. So these are the teams that qualified via Antwerp. So Japan... These are the teams that qualified through the World Championships here in Antwerp. USA, Canada, Germany, Switzerland, Italy, Spain, Turkey, the Netherlands, and Ukraine got that final spot. It was really, really interesting here because... It was such a difficult feat to actually qualify for the Olympics here. So, for example, the number 12th team, Ukraine, their score would have placed seventh in the team qualifications last year at the 2022 World Championships. The top 17 teams from this year scored high enough to make the team final in 2022. And 0.166, so less than two tenths, was the difference between making it to the Olympics and not. And there were four teams, Brazil, Korea, Belgium, and Israel, that were in half a point of making it to the Olympic Games. So those final spots, it was really, really tough to actually make it in. All of the teams actually improved their score from the 2022 World Championships, with the exception of Japan, China, Brazil, Romania, Colombia, and Australia. And of course, we knew Australia wasn't going to improve their score because they didn't field a team that could actually put up a team score. Israel and Uzbekistan weren't here last year, so we couldn't have compared their scores before. So aside from those top 12 teams that actually made it to the Olympics, we also have three teams that earned a spot to the Olympics for their country. So Belgium, South Korea, and Brazil were the next three teams, so 13 through 15, and they will in they will 
and they earned one spot that their federation will be able to allocate to an athlete at a later date. That means that no one has earned the spot for themselves, but that the federation will nominate someone later based on whatever qualification procedures that they choose, whether it be being the national champion or maybe being the best on one apparatus with a chance of making it to event finals or winning a medal at the Olympics. Um, But we'll find out who that athlete will be at a later date. You know, I think the truly heartbreaking moment out of all of this was France not qualifying as a country. And not only did they not qualify as a country, but they had no one make any of the finals. So they don't have anyone who's going to be able to earn a nominative spot for themselves. And so people have asked, well, is there any way that France can even get to the Olympics? And the answer is yes. So there are a couple more qualification procedures. So the person who wins the all-around at the European Championships next year, they will qualify a spot, so it could be someone from France. And then there is the World Cup Series, and so two athletes from each event will qualify to the Olympic Games. And then let's say France has no one qualify through any of those means. Well, the International Olympic Committee and the International Federation of Gymnastics, they have allocated one spot for the host country. So if for some reason no one, none of the French athletes qualified, there will at least be one French athlete at the Olympics. It's just going to depend on which way they actually make it. Okay, so then there were eight athletes who were able to earn a nominative spot through the all-around procedures. That means no one can take this spot away from them. And that was Milad Karimi of Kazakhstan, Artem Dogopiat of Israel, Arthur Davtian of Armenia, Christopher Mazaros from Hungary, Lee Junho from Korea, Diego Suarez from Brazil, and Luca Vandenkebos from Belgium. And Luca Vandenkebos from Belgium. When it came to the final spot for the all-around, there was actually, it's quite a heartbreaking story because Andre Muntian of Romania ended up getting the final spot from the all-around, but he was actually tied with Kabibulo Ergashev of Uzbekistan, and so it came down to a tie break. They both had an 80.665 in the all-arounds, and unfortunately, and fortunately, Andre Muntian won that tie break, and so he'll be the one who actually gets that spot, and Ergashev will have to go through one of the other qualifying procedures to try and earn a spot for the Paris Olympic Games. Okay, so you may be wondering, did anyone qualify through event qualifications? And the answer is sort of. So this is where things get a little tricky. Definitely buckle up and get ready for this. So based on Olympic qualifying procedures, one athlete from each apparatus final will qualify for the Paris Olympic Games. And that athlete has to be the highest in the final. But there are a couple finals where there is only one athlete who actually is eligible for that spot. For example, on floor exercise, Carlos Yulo and Artem Dogopiat were the only athletes in the floor final from countries that didn't qualify a team to the Olympics. So Artem Dogopiat was able to earn a spot through the all-around qualification. So that only leaves Carlos Yulo. So 
for the most part, Carlos Yulo has locked in his spot for the Olympics if he competes in the event final. There are certainly um, all sorts of things that could happen. He could get injured. If he does get injured, I hope he just goes out and does, you know, like a forward roll or a cartwheel or something that would still be safe because then that would guarantee that he gets his spot in the Olympics. There are certainly caveats. So if there were a ton of injuries to the reserve athletes, then maybe someone from another country that's not qualified could come into the floor final and take that spot away from him. But as of right now, the third reserve, the first, second, and third reserve, they're from countries that already qualified a team for the Olympics. So he is the most assured athlete to win a spot or earn a spot for the Olympic Games. So then let's get to parallel bars. So parallel bars... Everyone who's in the parallel bar final comes from a team that has already qualified for the Olympics. So what happens then is then you go to the qualification rankings. Well, Carlos Yulo would be the next highest qualifier, but we believe that Carlos Yulo will earn the spot for the Olympic Games from floor final, which would mean it would go down one more place and the next person would be Noah Quavita of Belgium. So assuming everyone that's in the final stays in the parallel bar, bar final and competes, and that Carlos Yulo wins the spot from floor, Noah Quavita will get the spot for the Olympics for Belgium from the parallel bar qualifications. Okay. Vault is where it gets a little bit more confusing. So everyone currently in the vault final is qualified for the Olympic Games with the exception of Kevin Pinev. Kevin was ranked ninth, but Asher Hong got super countryed out of the vault final, which means that Kevin gets to come into the vault final. If everyone stays in vault final and if Kevin competes a vault at all, he is going to the Olympics. Now, several times athletes do pull out of vault final. So here is the catch. If anyone pulls out of the vault final, the next person, the very first reserve, is Audris Ninrays of the Dominican Republic. He did not qualify via a team or via the all-around, which means if he comes into the final, then Kevin Pinnev and Audris Ninrays are going to fight for that spot, and whoever comes out on top in the final will earn the Olympic spot. Okay, so what about the other three events? Pommel horse, still rings, and high bar. Well, this is where things are going to get really tough. So in the pommel horse final, there are four athletes who come from countries that have not qualified a team or through the all-around. And that's Reese McClanahan of Ireland, who is the reigning world champion, Ahmed Abu Al-Soud from Jordan, um, Lee Chi Kai from Taiwan, who recently just won the pommel horse title at the Asian Games, and and Harutun Merdenian of Armenia. Pommel horse is, of course, often the final where we do see the most falls. So it may just come down to who stayed on the pommel horse. But these four athletes, specifically Reese, Ahmed, and Lee, are 
extremely, extremely talented and very good. And it may come down to a matter of tense or even a tie break for who's going to get that Olympic spot and who is going to have to go through the World Cup qualifying procedures next year. So let's get to still rings where it's actually going to even be more difficult to qualify because there are five people in this final looking for that one spot. So we have Eleftherios Petronius of Greece. He's Olympic champion. I would say he is the favorite. He's currently ranked second. And really these still rings guys, they often stay in a very similar order in the still rings final. It just comes down to how they're going to land. Typically we don't see people slip off the still rings or making mistakes with short holds or things like that. So Petronius, in my opinion, is the best here and he is the favorite. But of course in finals, anything can happen. Then we have Nikita Simonov from Azerbaijan, and he has had an incredible season. So be sure to be on the lookout for him. We have Vincent Hook of Austria, Arthur Avestian of Armenia, and also Von Davtian of Armenia. So those five will be looking, of course, for a spot on the podium, but also that Olympic ticket as well. And then on high bar, we're going to have two former world champions fighting for that Olympic spot. And that's Ten Servic of Croatia and Arthur Nori of Brazil. So Ten was the 2017 world champion and Arthur Nori was the 2019 world champion. And Arthur Nori didn't have as good of a performance as he would have wanted because um, he, he just had a little bit of a miss on one of his handstands and he was actually not going to make the final. He was in ninth, but one of the Japanese athletes got two per country out of the final. And so he was able to work his way into the final. Um, I believe Tinsorovic is planning on upgrading his routine. So it'll be really interesting to see which one of those two is actually going to earn the spot. Okay, before we get into the final part of qualifying and the preview of the finals, would you please take a moment and just like and subscribe this video? It really helps us all. It's such an easy way to support us and support men's gymnastics. I would really appreciate if you would click that like and subscribe button. Okay, because there is so much information to get into today, I am going to give a condensed version of what happened in the final two rounds of qualification so that this podcast is not two hours long. So in qualification session five, we had Egypt, Canada, Colombia, and Switzerland. And coming in based on difficulty and just general performance, we were pretty sure that Egypt and Colombia were not going to qualify. So we focused on Switzerland and Canada instead. So Canada started on pommel horse and they really took a big risk here because instead of having one of their best all-arounders Felix Stolci compete on pommel horse, they instead brought in a electively like a pommel horse specialist named Jason Rampersand to perform and this paid off. So all four of these athletes hit pommel horse, which was an incredible way for them to start. They started with William Emard, who is an all-arounder whose pommel horse is not his strongest event at all. And he has a pretty short routine, but it's very effective and very efficient. And he was able to perform it well. And interestingly, it wasn't actually the pommel horse specialist who got the highest score here. It was Zachary Clay who ended up taking the top score on that event. 
So they get through pommel horse. They're really hyped. They go to rings. They do well. And then they get to vault. So one of their best vaulters, William Emard, he went to go do vault and he just sort of stutter stepped and he went over the top of the vault and just did a handspring half out, which we weren't even sure if that was a vault in the code of points and if he was going to get a zero or was he going to be awarded difficulty or whatnot. And it ended up he was given a 1.8 difficulty score with something like a 9.5 or 9.6 execution. And of course, he was devastated after this because not only did that potentially hurt his team, but also it really ruined his chance for qualifying to the all-around final as well. So there was a little bit of pressure on the vaulter afterward, but the vaulter afterward ended up being able to put a good score. And in the mix zone afterward, I asked William about this and I said, you know, how did you feel after this? What was sort of the vibe of the team? And he said, no one talked about it. We just moved on. We knew that we had more to do and we went to parallel bars and we did our job there. So the person I want to highlight from Team Canada for the last two rotations was Felix Dolce. He was truly magical on the last several events and it paid off. So not only was he able to put up great scores to help his team qualify a spot for the Olympic Games, which they haven't done since 2008, but he also earned himself a spot into the high bar final and into the floor final. And just watching them on the floor as the final score came up and they saw that they had surpassed China for a spot in the team final and watching them, you know, their dreams come true and winning a spot for the Olympic games, just the absolute joy that they were radiating. And in the mix zone afterward, I talked to Felix Dolce and, and I asked him, you know, you, you gave up a spot to qualify via the all-around in case something happened with Canada for the team, was it worth it? And he said 100%. It was completely and totally worth it. So congratulations to Team Canada and best of luck in your preparations toward the Tokyo Olympic Games. Okay, so now let's get into Switzerland. So Switzerland was one of the teams that has needed to utilize their alternate Florian Langenegger, who many people were surprised to see left off the team in the first place. They had a very strong start on parallel bars, but the highlight of the first two rotations for me was Noe Seifert on high bar. He had a huge Pike Tkachev, or he had a huge Pike Kovacs. So now let's get into Switzerland. So Switzerland is one of those teams that actually ended up needing to utilize their alternate, Florian Lagenegger, which many people were surprised to see him left off of the team in the first place, but he certainly came through for the team today. Switzerland started really strongly on parallel bars, but the highlight of the first two rotations for me was Noe Seifert on high bar. He had a huge piked Kovacs. It was absolutely beautiful. And of course, he ended with the very crowd-pleasing triple back, and he had a very good landing on it. The crowd loved it. They went wild. The Swiss cowbells are going. You know, it was just a wonderful atmosphere. Then they had a couple of events, like bobbles on the following events. So Taha Serhani fell on floor, and Luca uh, Jubilini 
And Luca Giubilini ended up having to have the fight of his life on pommel horse. I still do not know how he saved those traveling flares. It was masterful, but he seemed pretty tired from having to save the flares. And he had a big push up into the dismount and ultimately wasn't given credit for his dismount. So that means he not only loses the value of the skill, but he also use, loses the value of the element group, which meant that his difficulty score was quite low. And that will be um, something that Switzerland can work on at a later date. Um, Giubilini, he did come back. So although Giubilini did have some struggles on pommel horse, he was able to come back and have a fantastic showing on vault. He hit a really nice drag The Swiss team ended on vault and they knew at that point that they were probably going to secure a spot for the Paris Olympic games. So now let's talk about qualification six. So this was the final session of qualifying. Most of the teams were in the arena, like waiting to see, are we going to make team final or are we going to make it to the Olympics? And going into this rotation, many people thought Italy, South Korea, and Hungary had a decent shot of making it to the Olympics. And because Italy and South Korea had qualified to the team final last year, many people were like, oh my goodness, could China not make it into the team final? And China has never not made it to the team final ever. And they have also some crazy stat within the last 13 world championships or so. They have only not been on the medal podium twice, I think in 2001 and in another competition as well, which is absolutely bonkers. which is absolutely bonkers. So setting the stage, China's in seventh, Italy and South Korea are to come. Everyone's watching. This is super, super interesting. So starting on Pommel Horse, South Korea was starting on Pommel Horse and they really dug themselves into a deep hole, honestly, with Pommel Horse and still rings. And no one was particularly worried because they're really known as sort of a, a vault and floor team. And so as they were going to vault, they did okay, but this is where they really needed to jump up the standings. And unfortunately, their vaults just weren't enough to do that. And they were never able to capitalize on the other events as well. And so ultimately, it left them without a team spot for the Olympic Games. And instead, they're just going to get one of those NOC spots. So now let's talk about France. So France is obviously going to be the home country for the upcoming Olympic Games. They started on still rings. It was fine. It's not their strongest event. No one was really worried. Um, but then they went to vault. So vault is often the event that you have to wait for everyone to get through before you really understand the standings because the e-scores on vault are typically so high that people score really well. But with many teams upping their vault difficulty, France just does not have the, the vault difficulty to contend with many of the top teams. They're basically putting up like four, eight and five, two start value vaults. And it, like Jim Zona did a great and beautiful Yurchenko double full that he stuck cold, but you know, it's almost two points down in difficulty than the vaults many of the other top guys are doing. Like his teammate Leo Saladino, who by far had the most difficulty, he did a cause double full and got a 14.366. So moving on, they had a pretty solid parallel bar rotation and they were up actually in the team standings at this point. And I thought, oh my goodness, they're actually going to do it. They're putting it together. And then they went to high bar and high bars just where, where everything seemed to fall apart. And 
all I remember specifically about the French high bar rotation was it just seemed like they were putting in quite a lot of inquiries that were not getting accepted. And it sort of felt like this moment of panic that where they were like, oh my goodness, I think we're not going to make the Olympic team and we need to do everything possible to try and get there. So they go to floor. There was, there were a few falls on floor. There were a couple really nice moments like, um, there were a couple really nice moments. Of course, Benjamin Osberger is really beautiful there and has been a floor finalist before. But after floor, they were sitting in 12th. So that 12th spot means they're going to the Olympics. They're not going to team finals, but they're going to the Olympics. But they were headed to Pommel Horse. And unfortunately, Pommel Horse is just where a lot of dreams go to die. And that's exactly what happened with the French team. So Kevin Carvalho went up and he hit Jim Zona had several falls and they just weren't able to come back from that. And ultimately they finished 19th. Okay. So now Italy, so Italy sort of plotted through their first two events, but I have to give a shout out to Nicola Bartolini on pommel horse. He's not really known as being a pommel horse guy, but what we have seen at this championships is a lot of the non-pommel horse specialists have really struggled to make their dismount and a lot of them have lost credit for their dismount and he just did so well he flew up into the handstand got full credit and that was just a lovely thing to see from someone who's considered more of an all-arounder um interestingly as they went to still rings so human abedini his grip broke and he ended up having to go again. So that's considered an apparatus failure and they are allowed to go again at the end of the rotation. So they, you know, they get through pommel horse, they get through still rings, then they get to vault. And this is really where they started to gain a lot of momentum. So they were pretty low down in the standings after pommel horse and still rings. They get to vault, they start jumping up the standings. And then by the end of the rotation, obviously earned a spot to the Olympics and then also to the team final as well. Okay, so what are the team finals actually going to look like? So realistically here, we've got four teams fighting for three spots on the podium, but as we've seen, anything can happen. But for me personally, Japan is still the favorite for gold. They do look a little bit more crisp here than China, and I think Hashimoto will be more consistent in the team final. And right now they're about three and a half points up on the United States, who's sitting in second. We obviously know that China imploded in the qualifications. We know that this is pretty common for them. At the 2012 Olympics, they were sixth. They ended up winning. Last year at Worlds, they were fourth. They ended up winning. So it's not unusual to see them come back. What we don't know is, are they going to be replacing Xu Song with uh, Lin Xiaopan? And so that will change up some of the uh, lineups if that does happen, but we'll just have to wait and see. So... But ultimately, what I'm saying from this is no one should write off China for the gold. No one should write off China for the podium. Of course, they could still sort of BMS in team finals and they could end up off the podium. But I would say that that's would be a little bit unexpected. 
Okay, so let's get into U.S. and Great Britain because this is really where the fight for bronze is most likely to happen. So Great Britain and USA are within half a point of each other, and both teams have a lot of room for improvement. So the British lost a lot of valuable points on vault, whereas the U.S. lost a lot of valuable points on high bar. The U.S. also lost big difficulty on pommel horse, and Jake Jarman can bring upgrades on floor. And then both teams can definitely improve on still rings where they lost a lot of points there. So what I'm saying is these teams are pretty evenly matched, and the fight for bronze is going to be fierce. However, that being said, if China or Japan are not at their best, I would not be surprised if Great Britain and or the U.S. end up higher up on the podium. Canada and Germany both had the meets of their lives in qualification, so it was certainly really exciting to see them that high up in the rankings, but I don't expect them to challenge for a team medal this year. Italy and Switzerland are interesting. There is certainly more room for improvement on these teams. And they're... Italy and Switzerland are certainly really interesting. So there's more room for improvement from these teams than there is for Canada or Germany, in my opinion. They are more likely than either of the other two to end up on the podium, in my, in my opinion. But I think that difficulty-wise, they're going to be a little bit out of that shot. So... We'll see what happens. In team final, Japan and USA will start on floor and end on high bar, which is considered Olympic order. Great Britain and Canada will start on pommel horse and end on floor. Germany and Italy will start on still rings and end on pommel horse. And Switzerland and China will start on vault and end on still rings. So interestingly, for Canada and for China, they're going to get the exact same starting order as they did in qualification. So that should be really familiar to them. Okay, here, here are the people that qualified for the all-around final. So the top three, Chiba Kenta, Kai Kazuma, and Hashimoto Daiki, all had the top three scores for the all-around. But there's this rule called two per country where only two athletes from the same team can make the all-around final. The Japanese coaches come out and said that Hashimoto Daiki, even though he was the third best of the Japanese athletes, is going to be in the all-around final. And then they'll be choosing between either Chiba Kenta or Kai Kazuma. Presumably, they would go with Chiba Kenta because he has had higher all-around scores this year and was higher here at the World Championships, but nothing has been announced as of yet. So Jake Jarman and James Hall are the next two from Great Britain. Then Fred Richard of the USA and Milad Karimi of Kazakhstan. So those are going to represent the top group and they're going to start on floor and they're going to get Olympic order. Then we have Asher Hong, Artem Dogolpiad, Adema Sil, Yuman Abedima, and Noah Seifert. The next group will be Lucas Dalzer, Sun Wei, Lorenzo Casali, Arthur Daftian, and Rene Cornier. And then we have Christopher Mazaros, Ilya Kovtun, Florian Lagenegger, Kasmir Schmidt, Mario Macchiati, 
Lee Jun-ho, Ilya Lubimov, and Ahmed Under. So Ahmed Under is going to get in. He was the, technically the 25th best all-arounder, but he is going to get in because one of the Japanese athletes will be forced out. So on floor, everyone who qualified officially earned their spot. So that's Artem Dogopiat, who has a 15.1. He's the only person who passed 15, and he is like five tenths up on the next person. So as long as he goes cleanly, he probably is going to win. Then we have uh, Fred Richard of the USA, Carlos Yulos of the Philippines, Minami Kazuki of Japan, Felix Dolce of Canada, Hashimoto Daiki of Japan, Milad Karimi of Kazakhstan, and Harry Hepworth of Great Britain. This is a really interesting one. It's certainly one that if Hashimoto Daiki is not feeling well or up to his best, I could see him pulling out because he is going to have to do so much having had worked through a season of injuries. So this is something where we may see the first reserve come in. Then on Pummel Horse, we have reigning Olympic champion Max Whitlock of Great Britain with a 15.266, followed by Koi Young of the USA with a 15.066. These are the only two athletes who broke 15 in qualifying. Then we have reigning world champion Reese McClanahan of Ireland, Ahmed Abu Al Saud of Jordan, who has been extremely consistent this year, Lee Chikai, who just won the Pommel Horse at Asian Games, Chiba Kenta of Japan, Haruchun Medinian of Ardenian and of Armenia, and Nils Dunkel of Germany. Still rings, we're starting off with the reigning Olympic champion, Liu Young, with a 15.2. He's the only person who brought, who broke 15, and he is certainly going to be the favorite for gold this time around. Eleftarius Petronius, also a former Olympic champion, he got 14.9 and will be the favorite to earn that spot for the Olympic Games. Then we have Yo Hao of China with a 14.8, Nikita Simonov of Azerbaijan with a 14.666, Vincent Hook from Austria with a 14.6, Arthur Avetian from Armenia with a 14.433, and he is tied with his teammate Von Dovtian of Armenia with a 14.433. And then the final spot went to Harry Hepworth of Great Britain with a 14.366. On vault, we have reigning world champion back from Armenia, Arthur Dovtian with a 15.033. He is certainly going to be the favorite here. He is so clean on vault. It just really seems like no one can match his execution score if he performs to the best of his ability. And second, we have Arthur Radivilov of Ukraine, followed by Nazar Chapirny, also of Ukraine. Harry Hepworth of Great Britain was the best of the British, who came in with a 14.716. Paul Judah and Koi Young of the USA come in at fifth and sixth. Asher Hong was seventh, but he ended up getting two per country out of this final. Jake Jarman is in with a 14.333, and he even fell on his first vault at Yanakura. So if he hits that vault, look for him to jump up the vault standings. And then Kevin Penev of Bulgaria was the final person into that final. On parallel bars, we're starting with Olympic silver medalist Lucas Dowser, who got a 15.3, but only barely beat out Ilya Kovtin of Ukraine, who got a 15.233. Sugimoto Kaito of Japan got a 15.166. He was the Japanese alternate who came in and did a great job for the team. Yul Moldauer of the U.S. is sitting in fourth with a 14.966. Shu Song of China is with a 14.9. Asher Hong with a 14.833. Matteo Leventesi of Italy with a 14.833. And Kaya Kazuma of Japan with a 14.8. We will end out the finals on high bar where we have Hashimoto Daiki, who is the reigning Olympic champion. He was the only person to break 15 and really is the only person in this final capable of breaking 15. So if he hits, the gold is his. 
In second, we have Milad Creamy of Kazakhstan with a 14.6. In third, Chibikenda of Japan with a 14.5. Tinsurovic, 2017 world champion of Croatia with a 14.433. Suweda of China with a 14.3 in fifth. In sixth is Paul Judah of the USA. In seventh is Kaya Kazuma, who tied Paul Judah, but he will be bumped out of that final because there were already two Japanese athletes that uh, qualified ahead of him. Again, as I mentioned with Hashimoto Daiki beforehand, it's possible he may not go for event finals depending on how he's feeling and which in which case Kai Kazuma will get that spot in the final. Felix Dolce is currently in eighth and Arthur Nori of Brazil is the final qualifying spot. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please don't forget to like and subscribe to this video. If you would like to financially help us cover our expenses, we're still looking for about $1,100 to cover the expenses of getting here, plus housing, food, and transportation. Even if it's $10, it really helps us. That's enough for me to get a meal. So please consider donating to our PayPal link down below in the show notes. So we'll see you back here for team final. I'll see you next time. <laughs>